stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It seems pretty obvious that 2019, in a lot of ways, is going to be a make-or-break year uh, for energy infrastructure projects, maybe even for the industry itself. There are some hopeful signs as 2019 begins. There are a lot of concerning signs as 2019 begins. Uh, But so much of where we go from here hinges on our ability to build energy infrastructure, namely pipelines. Starts, obviously, with the big projects like Trans Mountain, uh, but that, uh, you know, trickles down to a lot of other smaller projects. And as we're seeing, I mean, it's uh, not just oil pipelines, natural gas pipelines, where we're encountering obstacles and resistance. It's pretty obvious, at least it should be obvious by now, that if we're going to move forward on these projects, we certainly need to involve Canada's First Nations and Indigenous communities. And this can really be a win-win, these kinds of partnerships. Uh, So that involves uh, negotiating agreements. That involves consultation. uh, That involves acknowledging concerns. This is something that that we can and should work together on. Now, this is an evolving process. And obviously now, as we see with Trans Mountain, uh, the federal government is, is having to go back and ensure that they go about this consultation in the right way. Now, as it pertains to Trans Mountain, and there's been some, you know, some chatter about this for, for several months, the idea of having First Nations communities not just buy in in a metaphorical sense, but literally buy into the project, maybe even buy it outright. Now, there's a conference ha- happening uh, at the Grey Eagle uh, Casino Resort this week in which number of First Nations representatives are gathering to talk about this idea of buying the project from the federal government. Could First Nations ownership uh, be a way to get past some of these obstacles that the project has encountered? Well, joining us for some thoughts uh, on this idea and kind of the broader issue uh, that this uh, this highlights. Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Chief Michael Labordet, who's chief of the Whispering Pines Clinton Indian Band, also chair of the Tulo Center for Indigenous Economics. Uh, chief, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks. All right. Well, I mean, do, do you get the sense that we're, we're seeing some serious movement in this direction? How realistic a, a prospect do you think this is? Oh, it's very realistic for us. Uh, when Canada decided to uh, purchase the line, we immediately... Um, got our team together and, and headed to Ottawa and said that we want uh, a piece of the equity and we want to buy a piece of the pipe. And so we've been working on that uh, since April. Mm-hmm. And so we've got, um, I think we have some pretty good partners. Uh, we've yet to solidify that, but uh, it's going ahead quite nicely. Well, and that, that's encouraging. Now, let's talk about uh, this project itself, because uh, your community, your First Nation, just north of, of Kamloops, so uh, it, it is it is impacted by Trans Mountain, uh, but you've been supportive of this project. Yeah, we initially, when Ian came here, Ian Anderson came in 2007, We it was an adversarial relationship because there was uh, a question about the right-of-way. Mm-hmm. Um, We've never settled a land question here in British Columbia, and so there was concerns about how the right-of-way works, who collects the taxes, et cetera, that kind of thing. And so we were jostling back and forth for years, like from 2007 to 2012. Um, and then we decided, geez, the only people getting receiving benefits from this is our lawyers. And so 
we decided to negotiate an agreement, and in our initial uh, um, talks with uh, Kinder Morgan Canada, we'd um, proposed uh, an equity component. So equity has always been a part of our vocabulary with Trans Mountain. Yeah. Uh, did you get the sense then, I mean, that then in your dealings over the last decades, well, over a decade now with Trans Mountain uh, and in dealing with, with the federal government as well, I mean, is, the, is there a better appreciation today of, of how to approach these issues and how to deal with First Nation communities? Well, it's a, it's a steep learning curve for uh, the feds in the province, yeah. right? I mean, you have all these the, the decisions, the Delgamook, uh, Chilcote, and Haida, all these decisions coming down. And they're they're not really um, addressing that. How do, how do you consult and accommodate? Well, it's a jurisdiction issue, right? Uh, we want um, that jurisdiction that we enjoyed before Canada became a country. And so that's how do you reconcile that? And so you can do that a number of ways. You do that either through recognition by uh, by a tax, or you just have First Nations participate in the infrastructure projects themselves. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like we're making progress? Yes, yes, it does. Because it, it, the conversations I'm having back and forth with um, with uh, Ottawa and both sides, right, the government and, and opposition, is you know this is how you get this done. We're we're as First Nations, quite honestly and frankly and straight up, we're tired of watching everybody around us get wealthy off of our resources, right? I mean, we're tired of people coming to the office and saying, "Are you okay with this?" Right. While I go out and make a, you know, um, contaminate your environment and make a bunch of money. And so we're tired of that. We don't want that. And so what we're trying to accomplish is either through, um, you know, tax jurisdiction or ownership, uh, look after the environment and enjoy those benefits that other Canadians enjoy. Right. Which... I mean, that's obviously very reasonable uh, that these companies be involved in the process, be involved in the project, yeah. not just, um, like you say, you know, these the kind of uh, intermittent sort of, uh, you know, we'll drop in with a phone call or a conversation, that, that meaningful involvement. Yes. Yeah. Once you have meaningful involvement, and then it, 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 you can appeal to everybody's satisfaction. Like, I had this conversation this morning. I said, well, what about the environmental concerns? I said, well, Canada has, a, a, you know, a, a whole ministry on the environment. British Columbia has a minister of environment. Alberta does. Our regional districts here. So all of these folks are represented, and they have their input on this pipeline on the environment. The only people left out are the folks that own the land. And, and, and so the First Nations, we need our, our environmental concerns addressed either through you know, the, the two jurisdictions. One is either economic or the other is fiscal. And so that's how we're approaching to get that done. You know, this is not a, a one-off remedy. This is the start of the road yeah. of many remedies that will come. Uh, now, there are 43 uh, First Nations in B.C. and Alberta uh, that have these these agreements with Trans Mountain. So if we're talking about a purchase of the project, would it involve uh, all of those 43 First Nations, some of them? How, how might it be structured? Yeah, that's the, the fundamental idea we have is to include all those that have uh, uh, the agreements and all those that are impacted along the line. So in in my mind in my math we're looking at about 55 um communities along the line or near the line in british columbia and then there's a few communities that aren't along the line that want to participate and so those those folks will be invited in through uh, protocol 
you think it's realistic then even in the coming months that, that uh, an actual bid might be put together? Yeah, yeah no, this is very, very real to us. Yeah. We have um, some very uh, sharp partners who are um, based in eastern Canada, and they want to um, do these models up so that we can present them to the 43, 55 communities and then go from there and then go to Ottawa and say, listen, this is how we think it can work. Do you think that'll make a big difference uh, when it comes to the opposition to this project and moving this project forward? Um, yeah, I think so. You know, because when um, Mr. Yakabuchi was going around and he was asking, you know, what are your concerns? The first two things that came up was always, you know, in our environment, we're concerned about the environment and we're concerned about, you know, we don't have the funding to look after the environment. And so, um, you know, equity or a fiscal uh, plan would take care of that. And so I think this would go a long way in um, satisfying uh, a lot of communities' concerns. Now, there, there probably will still be some who, who oppose this. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. It doesn't, you know, my dad always said, it doesn't matter how thin a pancake is, there's two sides to it, right? Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, and, of course, there's environmental groups uh, that, that yeah. will continue to oppose all of yeah, these projects. That's, that's fine. We need those guys to make sure that we're doing our job correctly, protecting the environment. Yeah. So that's, you know, we're, we're okay with that. Uh, but you seem pretty optimistic that, that we can make a lot of progress this year on this. I think so. I think uh, we can make some headway and, you know, get the get these resources to the market so that we can, you know, pay for the hospitals and those things that Canada needs and desires. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hope you're right, uh, Chief Labordier. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We'll talk again in the future. No problem. Thank you. All man. the best to you. Take Bye. care. Uh, that is Chief Michael Labordier. He is uh, Chief of the Whispering Pines First Nation, just north of Kamloops. Uh, as mentioned, I mean, they've been dealing with uh, Trans Mountain going back to 2007. It started off as somewhat adversarial, and uh, eventually they reached an agreement with the company regarding this project. Of course, Trans Mountain no longer owns the project. So they see uh, an opening here. Let's have some First Nations ownership of this project. If the federal government's going to be looking for a buyer, if the federal government needs to get buy-in from First Nations, uh, this would seem to be one solution to that. Now, there are going to be some financial realities that, that we're going to have to confront when it comes to uh, purchasing a project uh, this big. Does that mean some federal backing of this, uh, some kind of a federal loan for this? How's that all going to be structured? That's going to have to be sorted out. But as your chiefs say, uh, they're looking at putting a bid in front of government maybe by April or May. So that would be very interesting. I don't know what the timetable is at this point for the court-mandated consultation that the federal government has had to go back and, and redo. I don't expect, however, that that would be completed by April or May. Uh, so that would be an interesting development to have this on the table by April or May. And in terms of some of the opposition to this project, I, I think it would make a difference. It's obviously not going to eliminate all of the opposition. And, and really fundamentally, I mean, you know, you should be for or against this project for a, a variety of reasons, not just who owns it. But I think there is a concern that some Canadians have that, that maybe First Nations have been excluded or overlooked in all of this. And this would be a very powerful symbol that, in fact, it's the opposite. That they are indeed involved, that they support these projects when done the right way, that they stand to benefit as well. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.